You know, when you have a show about gratitude, you've got to be grateful for your sponsors. And in our life of gratitude, you know, we all have guides. Somebody that guided us through our lives, that made us appreciate those things that we have. And that's why I'm so delighted and so grateful for our sponsor, Life Guides. Life Guides is a peer-to-peer community that helps people navigate through their day-to-day stressors by providing a place of empathy, listening, wisdom, and support with a guide who has walked in your shoes, experiencing the same challenge or life experience as you. A true life guide. And because you're listening to our gratitude podcast, if you go to their website, lifeguides.com forward slash schedule a demo and add the code HEALTHY. 2021. The code is HEALTHY2021 in the free text box. You'll get two months of their services for free. Two months for free. So sign up, show your team you care, get a life guide, be grateful for those guides in your life as I am grateful for our sponsor, Life Guides. Hey everybody, welcome to Leading with Gratitude Live. I'm your host, Chester Elton, the apostle of appreciation. Coming to you live and in color from the gratitude epicenter of the universe in Summit, in New Jersey. You know, we always have a lot of fun with our gratitude community. And thank you so much for giving us 30 minutes of your time. You know, we always say, give us 30 minutes. We'll give you great information, great inspiration, and a roadmap to a life of gratitude at work and at home. And this fabulous online production is all brought to you by the amazing, I say he's the greatest online producer of all time, Brent Klein at Methods Of. If you want a production like this quality and a lot of fun while you're doing it, take a screenshot right here. There's only one guy to call. It's Brent Klein at 512-639-2120 or visit methodsof.com. They do a fabulous job. So we're streaming on Facebook, YouTube, and of course, our great followers on LinkedIn. By the way, we have a wonderful LinkedIn newsletter called The Gratitude Journal please sign up. We we put our podcasts in there. We put all kinds of fun information. We co-author with a lot of great authors and we have more fun than humans should be allowed. Well, listen, I'm excited to introduce to you my dear friend, Erica Dwan. Let me tell you a little bit about her because she is, how you say, beyond amazing. Here's a little bit about her. When leaders want to break team silos, drive exponential growth and innovate through teamwork, they call Erica Dwan. Erica is an internationally recognized leading authority speaker and advisor on 21st century teamwork, collaboration, and innovation. Named by Thinkers 50 as the Oprah of management thinkers, she is the author of two fabulous books, Get Big Things Done, The Power of Connectional Intelligence, and her latest book, which we're going to talk about today, Digital Body Language, How to Build Trust and Connection No Matter the Distance. Rated number one on the top women keynote speakers of 2020 and featured as one of the management thinkers most likely to shape the future of business. Erica frequently appears in Harvard Business Review, Fast Company, and the Wall Street Journal. Erica speaks on global stages ranging from the World Economic Forum at Davos to TEDx and for companies such as Coca-Cola, FedEx, Goldman Sachs, Walmart, SAP, and Cisco. She has degrees from, wait for it, Harvard University, MIT Sloan, and the Wharton School to learn more about her, go to ericadewan.com. Please welcome to the show my good and dear friend, the amazing, the talented, the extraordinary, Erica Dewan. Welcome to the show, Erica. I am so excited to be here with the Apostle of Appreciation. 
Well, great. You know, I, I'll tell you what I love about these LinkedIn live shows that we do is the international, you know, the international audience that we get. We've got Fernanda from Ecuador, Scott mm-hmm. from Baltimore, Yasmin from Egypt, Vivin from New Jersey. Hey, total props to the Jersey boys. Uh, Samantha from Dubai and uh, uh, Hoopster from California. <laughs> I love that. Hey, listen, we want to talk about your fabulous book, Digital Body Language. A, I love the color, as you know, orange is my favorite color. color. Yeah, you can't miss this on the bookshelf. There's no possible way. But but I want to I want to talk to you about you know you you have done so many great coaching with with leaders, and you've got such a keen mind, and and you're so observant as is in your body language work. When did you see the need for this book? Like, was there that aha moment where you said, you know what, this is a must-have for leaders? Yeah. Well, a few years ago, I was coaching one leader. Her name was Kelsey. And she came to me because she had gotten a 360 performance review where her team members said that her empathy was weak. Now, what I did was analyze all of the traditional markers of subpar empathy, poor listening skills and inability to ask deep questions. I realized that Kelsey was great at all these things. She asked thoughtful questions. She had great eye contact. She allowed and enabled her team members to feel valued in person in a room. But while her traditional body language and empathy was great, her digital body language was abysmal. She sent brief, low-context messages where her team had no idea what to do next. She would often multitask during digital meetings, taking other calls during a call with her team. Last but not least, she would send these abrupt messages on text like, when will you finish this? Or call me now. And it will completely alarm her team members. So while we all know the power of traditional body language, the head nod, the smile, the direct eye contact to build trust and connection, today what I all lear- what I learned was that we are all immigrants to the world of digital body language. The problem is most of us are doing it blindly or accidentally. And that's why I wrote this book. You know, it's so interesting, you know, when you talk about your journey to deciphering body language, you know, it's so funny. People that know you now as an adult, they go, man, Erica is just the most confident, ridiculously happy, never had a bad day in her life kind of person. And yet, you know, you grew up, you were kind of that other kid on the block, you know, you're born in the U.S., your parents are Indian immigrants, and you had all those wonderful Indian traditions. Talk a little bit about your personal story, because I, I found that really fascinating, the way that you developed this keen sense of body language in, 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 in the absence of verbal, verbal cues, right? I grew up as a shy and introverted girl in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My parents were Indian immigrants, so at home we spoke Hindi, which meant when I got to school, I had accented English and really struggled to find my voice, often got teased in class. I remember that because I was so shy and observant, I would really spend a lot of time deciphering other people's body language. I would watch the popular girls with their heads high, the cool kids slouching during school assemblies. And it really taught me as I assimilated navigating to cultures and languages that it's not about what we say, it's about how we say it. And then at home, I would watch Bollywood movies and I couldn't understand exactly what the actors and actresses were saying in Hindi, but I could read an entirely an entire storyline through their body language. Fast forward 30 years, one of the things I realized as a communications and collaboration consultant today is that just like I was an immigrant to traditional body language as a kid, today we are all immigrants to digital body language. We are all learning these cues and signals together. 
You know, and that was a line that I actually underlined in your book that we're all digital immigrants. I thought that was such a wonderful way to, to put it in, in context. Do you know, I, I know a lot of you are going to have uh, questions for Erica on, you know, how can I get better at this or what are some of the most common uh, failures? By the way, first off, you got to buy a book. And by the way, I, I don't just have one book. I, I, I've got two. You know, buy one for yourself and gift one to your boss. Uh, seriously, this is a wonderful book. And by the way, we've got and our um, gift it to your question. boss, gift it to your spouse, gift it to your kids, gift it to your grandparents. Because in many yeah. ways, digital body language won't just allow us to bridge connection at work. It will actually improve our relationships at home. Oh, that's a wonderful feedback. Well, listen, if you got questions for it, put them in the, in the uh, chat box. And we've got the the amazing Christy Lawrence in Atlanta, Georgia, that's monitoring the box and she'll throw it in there and we'll we'll try to stump uh, the expert there. There's the lovely and talented <laughs> Atlanta, Georgia. Please, By the way, the Atlanta and, Hawks. And also, Chester, can we ask folks to share in the in the comments their top digital pet peeves? What has been hard? Where have you struggled the most in digital body language? Whether it's endless reply all emails uh, or long Zoom calls with no agendas or my favorite, dealing with the serial texter who won't stop texting me in the middle of the day. I think you just summed up like my top five. So there we go. Yes, please, please put in those. Because, you know, I love the subtitle of your book. It says how to build trust and connection no matter the distance. What are some of that you've mentioned just a couple really quickly, but what are some of the things that leaders are doing mostly, at least from your, your, your story there, many times unintentionally. What are some of the common things that leaders are doing digitally that break that trust with the people that work with them for them? The first thing is being in a rush all the time. Now, I like to say in today's world, valuing others is valuing their time, their inboxes, and their schedules. Uh, but as leaders, we have to remember to take the time to really Check in with our people. Don't assume everyone is okay. Don't rush through meetings where you're not truly thoughtful of introverts and extroverts and how everyone may need different ways to engage and speak up. The second thing, which I think is really the motto, uh, the motto of our apostle of appreciation is forgetting to show gratitude. Now imagine a team member that stayed up all night to work on a deliverable for you. And when they came into the office and you and they gave it to you, they could see the smile, the relief in your face. In a digital format, if they just get a K period or no response at all, imagine how demotivated they feel after. So what was implicit before in gratitude in traditional body language must be explicit in digital body language. Last but not least, the third thing that I think is important is to remember to never confuse a brief message with a clear message. When you write digital messages, they can be interpreted differently depending on your rank. I'll never forget an example of a leader who sent a no subject calendar invitation to one of her junior teammates. He thought he was about to get fired. He had heard about budget cuts. She just wanted to talk about a client deliverable. Another example is a team leader on a Zoom call that said, let's iterate on this a bit more. She just meant add two more bullet points. The team came back with 10 new slides and imagine how demotivated <laughs> they felt when it turned into two bullet points. So take the time to not be in a rush, to show gratitude, and to be patient and clear, not brief. You know, it's a, that's such good advice. And it's such good advice for me because, you know, I, I, I'm a quick texter and not a good checker. 
And now, uh, you know, I'll, I'll hit the send button and I'll look at it. I go, there's like 13 spelling mistakes in that, you know, in those two sentences. Um, the one thing that you gave me a tip, I went to your book launch in New York was kind of fun. We actually got to meet in person, uh, although socially distanced and masked and shrouded in all kinds of disinfectant. Um, it, it was interesting. You said, you know, THX is just disrespectful. I mean, I know it says thanks. It's a little disrespectful or just K. You know, and so I've been trying to, to stop doing that and actually spelling out thank you. And it seems like such a, a, a simple little thing. And yet it makes a big difference, doesn't it? In fact, there was a study by the Journal of Social Psychology that found that emails that included thank you or thank you so much versus no thanks at all. There was a significant difference in how recipients responded to them. Uh, now, let's think about this for a minute. In the past, when we said thank you face to face, when someone could see our body language, it felt and it still feels like a true thank you. But in today's world, I like to say the quick THX e email response is not a thank you anymore. It's an acknowledgement. You got the email. It's okay to write that if there is high trust in a relationship. Maybe it's someone you work with all the time. Maybe they know you're about to take off for a flight. So you're typing fast. But in a business relationship, especially if you have more power, Remember to value others visibly, to show your appreciation. That could be a quick video shout out. It could be at the beginning of a meeting saying, I really appreciate what you did here. Uh, and just a simple writing out, thank you. Uh, it can go a long way and we may not realize it, but oftentimes people are left to wonder, did they like my work? Did they not? And just simply showing that quick segment of appreciation can go a long way in making people's day. Yeah, yeah. So listen, where where do you want to direct people to find out more about your work? What website do you want to send them to? You can learn more about me at ericadewan.com or check out my book website at ericadewan.com slash digital body language, where you can check out the book, but also get a lot of best practice tools around one, analyzing your own digital body language and two, creating a culture of clarity on your team so that we can bring back the power of empathy, trust, and gratitude in a digital age. And you've got a fabulous newsletter as well. How, how would people sign up for that? So you can download and get my newsletter through a quick gift I'm going to give you. On my website, if you go to ericadewan.com slash DBL, you can sign up for a digital body language toolkit, which is a four-page guide of best practices from my book. And once you sign up, you'll be able to uh, be on, on my newsletter. You can also join my newsletter through a sign-up at ericaduan.com. Excellent. You know, we, we talk about, you know, making investments in yourself and signing up for newsletters and getting that downloadable. It's all great. You know, uh, we're going to shout out to our wonderful sponsor at Methods Of. You're familiar with uh, Powered by 100 Coaches, Erica. You know, it's, 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 there's so many fabulous leaders on there, whether it's Sally Helgeson on the Helping Women Rise and Hortense Le Gentil, it talks about being in alignment. Of course, the legendary Marshall Goldsmith and my favorite marketing guru, Martin Lindstrom. I've even got a course on there on, on teamwork. Well, because you're listening to our live show, we've got a, a wonderful offer for you. If you go to methodsof.com, when you go to checkout, all you got to do is type in gratitude 2021 and you'll get a 50% discount on any of the courses that interest you. So take a screenshot. It's Gratitude 2021 at checkout for a 50% discount. Now, Erica, well, I want to talk to you a little bit. You've got a great uh, 
a great chapter on what are your digital stressors. You know, we just published our book on anxiety at work. And you've got this great list about, am I talking too much? Are other people trying to take credit for my work? You've got a great story in there about your early career at, at um, uh, what was it before they went belly up? Uh, what was the company? Lehman Brothers. Lehman Brothers, that's right. So talk, talk to us about these digital stressors. Are, are they stressing me and stressing everybody else? Or is it just enough stress to go around? <laughs> Why are we so stressed? Well, before I talk about digital stressors, I was too busy screenshotting that method sign up. And if you haven't done that, make sure to check out Chester's course there and check out Chester's book, Anxiety at Work. I am such a fan of it. So I have to give a quick plug here. Now, when it comes to digital stressors, what I have discovered in my research on digital body language is that there are four types of digital anxiety that we tend to feel. The, per the first is brevity, brief, low-context messages where we don't have the tone and the emotional nuance of in-person body language. The second is passive-aggressive messages. If someone writes, as we previously discussed in our prior conversation, we wonder whether, is that just a reminder or are they being passive-aggressive here? The third example is slower no responses. We've all felt ghosted when we haven't heard back from someone and we get become anxious, especially if they then post on social media. And last but not least, I like to say the fourth type is change in formality. If someone used to text you all the time and then all of a sudden they start their emails to you with dear Erica and end with regards, you start to wonder what's going on. So digital stressors tend to really be signals or cues that seem ambiguous or confusing or are a switch and maybe common norms that you may have been engaging. And my general rule of thumb here is to not get emotionally hijacked, stay in the place of reason, assume good intent, and always ask yourself, should I switch the medium here? Would it be better to have a quick phone call versus just respond by email or text? Secondly, ask yourself, did you give the recipient exactly what they needed to respond to you? Sometimes we get stressed out, but we realize we may have made a mistake in clarifying what we needed. And last but not least, show empathy and encouragement back. If someone writes an email saying, why didn't you finish this with three question marks, a huge digital stressor for me, maybe responding with, you know, clarity. The deadline said Tuesday, 10 a.m. Is there anything else that you need to support you right now? That can quickly switch maybe a tough way of discussing something in an email to a proper and encouraging way of discussing something. You know, I, I love that simple tip, you know, uh, change the medium, pick up the phone. It's it's sort of old yeah. school. And yet, you know, now you've got at least a voice. You can talk it through and you can solve so many problems so much quicker as opposed to the 15 text, you know, exchange. I, I love your take, too, on assume positive intent. Um, and I love in the book, by the way, lots of great stories in the book. And Erica tells one about her dad where actually had the police called on him. You know, simply because it was post 9-11 and, you know, he's Indian and 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 his approach to that and how gracious he was and his his lesson to you about, well, think about what they must have been thinking. You know, put yourself in their shoes. I thought that was such a, a wonderful tribute to to a gracious uh, father that has clearly, clearly taught you well. Well, we've got a couple of fun questions for you. Uh, Ruth from New Jersey says her pet peeve is dealing with a non-responsive team. You just talked about it being ghosted. That can really cause a lot of miscommunication and misinterpretation, can't it? 
Absolutely. Now, what we have to remember that there are those that are who I call digital natives that tend to be much faster on text, IM and email. And then there, there's another end of the spectrum who I call digital adapters. These are people that really feel like immigrants to our world of remote work. They can't wait to get back to the office. They're much better in person or on pre-scheduled calls than they are responding to hundreds of emails in their inbox. So one of the things you can do is ask yourself, am I dealing with a digital native or a digital adapter when I haven't heard back? With a digital native, maybe actually sending a Slack message instead of email or a quick IM may be more effective. With a digital adapter, scheduling or calling them out of the blue can actually be more effective than getting them to respond to your email. When it really needs to be done by email, I recommend to set response time expectations. Simple acronyms like 4H means I need this in four hours, 2D means I need this in two days. Put it in your subject line or in bold at the top of your email so that people have that awareness. And again, always ask yourself, if you're not hearing back, know when to switch the medium and know when to have a candid conversation about expectations on when you need things back. Yeah, that, that that little bit of clarity makes all the difference. We're, we're getting some great stuff in the, in the chat box here. I, I love... Uh, I love um, th th this pet peeve is when uh, people won't turn on their camera. You know, they, you want to see people in, in, the, in the chat box. Um, Fernanda uh, from Ecuador says, do you think people are really honest today if today's generations are only using networks for their uh, comparisons and for their conversations? Is it, is it easier to hide behind digital language than it is a physical language? And, and, and I've got a follow-up question to that as well. Now that we're coming back into this hybrid world, do you think digital communication is going to morph again as now we're sort of in-person and not in-person? And by the way, we got five minutes left. I, I knew this uh, conversation was going to go quick, so I'm going to give you the, the, the lightning round now. Absolutely. Well, let's start with uh, you know, some of the changes in networks and how that's impacting us. Well, one of the things I've learned is that, you know, talking for a Gen Xer, maybe texting for a younger, younger millennial or a Gen Zer. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that the speed of technology adoption has really changed how relationships are built. Even if you look at dating now, now when I uh, you know, was in my 20s. I, I grew up and I came out of college before online dating became a thing. But today, it's really the standard of how we start relationships online and then turn them into face-to-face -face relationships. There are others that have always started their relationships face-to-face -face and then turn them online. My general rule of thumb here is that we can't expect we are all the same. I, I believe that digital adapters should not judge digital natives who actually prefer to use Instagram to build relationships. Um, whereas a digital adapter would really prefer a video call or an in-person meeting. Instead, we have to understand that there are different cues and signals in these different mediums that allow individuals to build relationships. On your other question, uh, Chester, when it comes to how will our year of a digital shift impact us moving forward? Well, I am seeing that our year of basically 100% digital body language is going to influence our traditional body language Moving forward, we are more likely to think in bullet points. After a year of reading emails on screens, we are more likely to maybe not be as focused to maybe multitask during meetings, looking down at our phones during in-person meetings, looking at other people's video screens while we're managing a hybrid meeting. So face-to-face -face body language may be adapted in because of a year of full digital body language. One of the things that I think is important is to remember how analog body language and traditional body language need to intertwine. 
And one example of a best practice is when you're running hybrid meetings, have a live meeting host and a remote host and actually have the remote host lead parts of the agenda. This avoids the bias of just who's in the room and allows us all to be thoughtful. Another one is have the chat tool and allow remote attendees to share their thoughts in the chat while those in the room are discussing an idea. And last but not least, if you're running a hybrid meeting, have a camera in the room so that remote attendees can see the body language of individuals in the room. They're, that way they're not excluded as well as some of those, cue, uh, some of those cues and signals. Excellent. Uh, another comment in the, in the, um, the chat box is set times up for no digital. You know, okay, so you can give yourself a little break from that onslaught. Well, listen, um, we're going to wrap things up here. Stick around. I've got a couple of quick questions for you as we wrap up. But I do want to give another shout out to our amazing production team, Brent Klein. If you're looking to do some online production, there's nobody better than Brent Klein. If you missed the screenshot before, do it now. He's at Brent at methodsofleaders.com, 512-639-2120. Don't forget to get your 50% discount when you invest in yourself in your online leadership training. Uh, all you got to do is in the uh, checkout box, put uh, gratitude to 2021, you get a 50% discount. And, you know, Erica mentioned uh, our book, Anxiety at Work. We love that. We just launched it recently. If you're dealing with anxiety at work, it's a great resource for you. And we also, uh, of course, base our whole show on leading with gratitude. So we're going to give a shout out to Harper Business. They produce a fun little commercial for us. Alan Mulally, the guy who saved the Ford Motor Company, said, I love, love, love this book. And then the not so subtle call to action. Buy me, buy me, buy me. <laughs> well, listen, Erica, it's been a delight to have you on the show. I always wrap up and say, where did you find your gratitude today? Where did you find it? Was it in a Bollywood show you watched? Where was it? My gratitude this morning is when my two and a half year old jumped on the bed, gave me a hug and woke me up. And I think we just have to hold in our hearts um, the joy of the people that we love and care about every single day. Thank you so much, Chester, That's for helping us all lead with gratitude. Not a problem. And by the way, there's there's Christy Lawrence in Atlanta, Georgia. Here's our team. Yes, we, we dance it out at the end. And and listen, we didn't get to the Bollywood stuff. We will next time. But uh, Erica is a big it's Bollywood fan. Right here, change the, light bulb. Just change the light bulb. Change the light bulb. Change the light bulb. You got it, Christy. There we go. Awesome. There we go. Hey, everybody. Have a gratitude-filled day. Be kind, be grateful, and be of service. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much, Erica. Cheers.